What's up, rockers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at talklouder underscore podcast. And, of course, our website, talklouderpodcast.com, where you'll find links to all our previous episodes. I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And, uh, Jason, you know, you know the saying, uh, I'm sure you've heard the saying, it ain't bragging if it's true. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I, I like how I like how uh, Danko Jones always says, like, it ain't it ain't boasting. It's called truthing. <laughs> well, we're truthing here today on the Talk yeah. Louder podcast, and I'm 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 truthing big time when I say we've got rock royalty on the show today. Uh, I'm also a little extra excited because this guy's a personal hero of mine. I'm talking about Michael Monroe who, of course, is a legendary frontman, first came to fame with Hanoi Rocks uh, the past number of years. He's been putting out great albums, uh, starting with 2011's Sensory Overdrive. This guy's on a roll. I've, I've often said I think he's got the hottest streak in rock and roll right now. Uh, his fifth album just came out. It's called I Live Too Fast to Die Young. It's album number five in a row that's a home run, in my opinion. I don't know how the guy keeps finding gas in the tank, but he's definitely on a roll. Five great albums, doing some of his best work ever, and we're really excited to have him. Well, he had three choices that he gave himself. Dead, jail, rock and roll. He chose rock and roll. (laughs) Exactly. Well played, well played. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like he's not just making it up as he goes along. I think he was born to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, I refreshed my memory leading up to this moment, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still uh, jaw-dropping, like, wow moments just with the people that he's rubbed elbows with, the people that he's impressed enough to make his phone ring, just by Michael being Michael. Yeah. And um, I'm excited to sort of talk to him, well, via Zoom anyway. Uh, Very happy to have a podcast to get to talk to uh, Rock Royalty, as you put it. Yeah. I've literally stood behind him in the... uh, buffet line on the one of the monsters of rock cruises like literally him just towering because he's quite tall actually yeah. and then you uh, add the hair and the, well that's what i mean <laughs> <laughs> he's quite tall yeah and uh, i'm just like whoa that's michael monroe uh, a rock and roll deity right in front of me and you know tap him on the shoulder to put my foot in my mouth i did not do <laughs> You you uh, showed some restraint there in the buffet line, huh? Yeah, and you know, I, I feel like I told the exact same story about the buffet line on the cruise when we had Todd Latore on, on the show as well. So yeah. it's kind the of interesting. Line. But but I was standing behind Minoru from Loudness, and then here comes Beeline Todd to tap on, uh, to do what I was chicken shit to do. And uh, yeah, to 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 Minoru, oh, oh, to Minoru and Michael Monroe could have been the same cruise. I don't know. They all run together. But anyway, so today's show, uh, I think everyone's going to learn a lot. Yeah. 
and uh, let's let's let Michael do it because here he comes right now, and we're already recording. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Hello, Michael. Michael. We got your microphone. Yeah, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear, hear you great. can't see you. Yeah, bottom oh. left. There he comes. There he hey, is. Hey, buddy. Look at that guy. How are it's you? Like, Always oh, looking like a million bucks, ain't he? <laughs> yeah, looking great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for joining us, Michael. This is a, a huge Thank honor for, for both of us. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, and I know Jason is as well. So we appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. I know we've uh, we've only got a, a 30 minutes or so, 20, 30 minutes. So uh, we'll we'll keep it tight and cover as much ground as we can with you. Uh, first of all, let me say happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you, thank yeah. you. Didn't you? Uh, what was it? Just a couple weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, June 17th. June 17th. And how did you celebrate? Were you already out on tour? Yeah, we were playing with. We were opening for Alice Cooper in Germany, in in Zwickau, Zwickau, Germany, and uh, it was the greatest birthday ever. Alice, Alice invited me to sing schools out with him, and then he had a cake brought on stage, and uh, he sang Happy Birthday to me with the audience. And I was like, Yeah, the best birthday ever. Can't wow. get better than that. That's tough to beat. Right. Yeah, that's that's a that's, good day. Yeah, that was a great day. Yeah. I was blown thank, away. Thank you, rock and roll. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, you, also, you also just uh, recently celebrated an anniversary. I wanted to say congratulations on that as well. Uh, yeah, very yeah. well. You mean I've been married for 19 years now? Yeah, wow. congratulations. Fantastic. Thank congratulations. you. Life is good when you're Michael Monroe. How about that? Yeah. Let's, yeah. Talk, about, let's talk about your <laughs> new album. Um, it's called I Live Too Fast to Die Young. And, you know, I have a, I have a website called Too Fast to Die. I so, noticed that. Yeah, yeah. Great minds think alike. I guess That's right. there you go. There you good, go. Good hair thinks alike. <laughs> uh, I like the Dead Boys shirt you're wearing there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. In honor of your friend, and uh, I'm yes. a fan, of course. So, uh, yeah, Whoa. we'll get to Stiv in just a minute. Um, and Thin Lizzy is cool too, man. Yeah, we've we're not we're not too bad. You know, we're 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 dressed okay for a couple of slobs. Yeah. <laughs> we don't look as good as Mike, but hey, you know. You got to wake up pretty early to look that good. Yeah, what time? What, where are you calling from, and what time is it there? It's uh, quarter to seven here. It's in Finland. I mean Finland. Oh, okay. Gosh. So not seven in the morning. Not seven in the morning. No, seven uh, p.m. Yeah, dinner time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. So let's talk about your new album. I live too fast to die young. I, I I mentioned that I have a website, so the title caught my eye right away. And then as I'm listening to the song and I'm hearing, I'm listening to the lyrics, it kind of sounds to me a bit like a mission statement for Michael Monroe. It's like I'm moving far too fast to slow down and die. Is is that accurate? Yeah, you could put it that way. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Too and too late for him to die young anymore. I just turned sixty, so. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I might as well keep going. Yeah. yeah. It's reinventing the old cliche, as we know, you know, too fast to, I mean, live fast, die young, and the mm -hmm. old cliche, nothing cool about dying, and it doesn't even help sell records anymore because it's too common, too many people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it was... Uh, well, it's a and I, I always say uh, the songs don't sing themselves. Right. Yeah. So you you <laughs> have you have to you have to stay here and and sing the songs because they don't sing themselves. I intend to. Yes. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm not going anywhere. And uh, yeah, that's true. You, 
you have uh, Slash actually plays on the title track. Uh, he he guests on guitar. Uh, obviously, you're you have a longstanding friendship with Slash and the Guns N' Roses guys. But how did that particular solo come about? How'd you get him on the record? Well, I, I actually I emailed him the song and I said uh, I was pretty we're pretty close to finishing the album and I I just I emailed him the song and I said Would you like to play a solo on this track? It's going to be the title track of my new album and he said Well, yeah, he's pretty. He's, I knew he was busy doing uh, promotion and uh, uh, he had an album coming out. So he says, when do you need it by? It's pretty, pretty uh, packed up with stuff. And, uh, I said, well, like now, <laughs> but if you don't, if you don't, if you don't have the time, I understand. No problem. Two days with, from then we had the solo. It was like really fast. <laughs> I was, All right. I love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good friend. Yeah, totally. He's certainly a good friend. He's always really accommodating to me whenever I asked anything. He's just really, really a sweetheart of a guy. He's only yeah. gotten nicer over the years. You know, he's always wow. been a nice guy. He's always gotten you nicer. You know, I, I hate to, I hate to get off Dave's path because he's he's the real journalist here, and I'm just kind of the fanboy. Um, but you know, <laughs> okay, it's whatever. it's Go important. Ahead. It's important to me for people who, if they don't know who Michael Monroe is, I think that they're they're just dead. We can't um, be friends. But yeah, that, I, mean, I, I, I don't blame them because I'm still one of the best kept secrets in rock and roll. I mean, come on, let's face well, it. Well, and I was I was going to say that you know that that I feel like you you are this living legend. Uh, if you, if, I'm sorry to put you on the spot like that, but uh, the, you know, Hanoi Rocks is a living legend, and yeah. and it took a while uh, for people to you know get you get that band on their radar at all but if you're into stuff like the dead boys and you know early aerosmith and the like ramones and i could just pile up dog pile a bunch of stuff on and yeah. if you're into that and you don't like hanoi rocks i don't understand your way of thinking at all because uh the way that you got your approach and then um just your entire yeah, we're part of that legacy. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's important. And, and, and the consistency uh, that I must raise the flag on as well, that you've been able to keep keep going. Your energy. I don't know where you get the energy. Are you vegan? Are you shooting gasoline? Are you, what do you, you know, what's going on? But the point it's that I'm making life. is, is you are, you know, you, you've worked with, with other living legends, little Steven, uh, Steven Tyler, uh Steve Bader's uh I, I mean uh, Guns N' Roses the you've Alice Cooper you you've recorded you've been in videos you've shared stages with everyone's rock and roll god and you know how does it feel to be kind of always there sort of listed somewhere on the list of influences on from it's an honor you know, it's an yeah honor man. And it's really a privilege and an honor. I feel lucky to be here, to be able to, first of all, to be able to do what I love doing the most and making a living out of that. And that's, that's what uh, I'm happy that keeps me going and always trying to strive for greatness and for perfection, which I will luckily never achieve. I always, there's always room for improvement. So I always try yeah. to go for better better albums, better performance live. I always give everything and and uh, that keeps me hungry and it keeps me trying. and and. You know, there's nothing better than feeling the feeling after a good show or yes. after you finish an album. Which is now, now we got something special. This is great, and, and really that keeps me going. And uh, being like I said, you know, Dallas Cooper, 
people I admire and meeting them and getting to know them and seeing how cool they are in, in real life. They're, they're really great people. And uh, so that makes me, that's always great to find out. And, yeah. I just, I, mean, I just feel like there's a lot of things in the world that wouldn't exist without the, here comes the pressure button again, without you and without Hanoi rocks. I think that True. your early years really set the world afire for people paying attention. So yeah. my, hat, my hat's off to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Yeah. Because the important link between a lot of bands, uh, well, you know, Aerosmith, Hanoi and the, the Stones, well, starting with Little Richard, Little Richard sure. to Rolling Stones to the Ramones, you know, and everything in between. And and, uh, and we took influences with Hanoi. We were influenced by everything from funk to blues and, and reggae and everything, you know, yeah. all kinds of music. And, yeah. and we defied all categories, which was great, I thought, you know, for... Uh, just playing rock and uh, we played anything from punk to calypso so you couldn't really categorize right. and, and i think all right. the genres are unnecessary because good rock and roll is good rock and roll there's no need to yeah. categorize that's there right record labels like that and they want to market things how we're going to market this and you know that's that that doesn't help the music that's why yeah. older music in the 50s 60s 70s even early 80s was better it, it's not that's not nostalgia saying that uh, things were better before it was because music was made for the right reasons and there was everybody had more personality. There were different bands and different artists. Everyone was doing their own thing and not not thinking about how we're going to market this and what are we going to call this. What's it going right. to be? Right. They, they weren't. They didn't money. have the. They didn't have the packaging before the song. Right. Right. And music. Because nowadays, one of the reasons I moved out of America was because music has no business in the music business. There. It's all about business. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Mostly. Yeah. Well, you know, and unless you know where to find the real stuff and the right stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I think it's uh, unnecessary to categorize music. And I was just talking with Alice Cooper, said, you know, rock music, hard rock and rock and roll, rock is always going to be there because uh, it, it, it's, it's timeless music. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of uh, timeless music, I've told numerous people, anyone who will listen and some people that won't listen, that Michael Monroe is on the hottest streak in rock and roll right now. If you go all the way back to 2011's uh, Sensory Overdrive record, and you, you're now on album number five in a row that has just been, I mean, the quality is just fantastic. I don't know how you still find gas in the tank. To uh, you've, got, you've got a bunch of great songwriters in your band. But yeah. to do it five times in a row is pretty impressive. I think you're on the hottest streak. You got the hottest streak in rock and roll going right now. Thank you. That's great to hear, and, and it's great to be told that I'm making better records than the one before. And you know, nowadays, uh, being told that I'm making the best work in my career, and that's what I'm striving for. That's really rewarding. And that's I agree, I and, I, and and this may be an unpopular opinion among my friends, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm a bigger fan of your current work more so than I am of Hanoi Rocks, and that's saying a lot. But your Thank last you. five albums are really, really good. Um, speaking of the new album, let's get back to that real quick. There's a song on there that's my current favorite. It's called Derelict Palace. Uh-huh. It's one of my favorites, too. Oh, well, see, there's that Great Minds thing again. There's something <laughs> going on here. Yeah. Um, I love the, I was listening along to it and the lyrics, uh, flowers of romance and vicious circumstance, obviously a nod to Sid Vicious there or yes, the early. Yes, that was, yes. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that song, the inspiration behind it and what it's about. That was Rich Jones. Uh, he, he came up with that one. It's about, uh, people who get a little bit too much into drugs and, uh, before you know, they, 
kind of disappear from from all the people and and uh, things that they used to love and you're gonna get it's strange you know it's, it's about someone falling for addiction but uh it's a it's a it has a lot of i mean musically it sounds it's it's, it's very lots of a new church comes to mind yes a bit, mm-hmm. right and yeah. a lot of air, right and a lot of air and uh air candy and and kind of it's a very different different type of song for us which there's a lot of songs on this album that are very different from what we've done before and and therefore it's also it's great to have that variety and uh to keep it down to 11 songs. I'm happy you managed to do that. It's yes. just kind of the kind of record you want to hear again after it's over. But yeah, Derelict Palace really, really was a special one. I, uh, I really, it's one of my absolute favorites. And I think that should be, should be a single, uh, maybe later, um, get it out as a video or something. Uh, we'll see how things go. But, it's a yeah. great song. And I love that you mentioned Lords of the New Church because that's kind of the vibe that I got from that song. There's another song on the album that's uh, a little different for you. Uh, it also has a vibe, and that to me is "Dearly Departed." I uh-huh. hear a, I hear a very, uh, creepy sort of Alice Cooper sort of vibe in that song. That's um, cool. Yeah, it's almost got. There's almost like a childlike. I don't know what the instrument is. Is it a xylophone or something? There's some almost childlike music in the background that kind of gives yeah. it that creepy feel. The riff I'm playing, it's like a like a toy xylophone that was in the in the studio. I'm, I'm playing with the with the riff, with the riff, and uh, it was actually that song was an I it was an old it's an old song actually. I, I wrote the lyrics when I was in uh, that was written in 2001 after my my late wife passed away, uh, and I never recorded it before because I uh, it was, felt a little too sad and too personal and. And uh, it's been sitting around for all that time. And then last summer, I started thinking that that might be a good time for this song to be recorded now. And it's about losing someone near and dear and, and having to readjust your life to that situation, obviously. And most of us, uh, unfortunately, go through that before sooner or later in life. But uh, it, it just, uh, I, uh, I had a bridge in the song, which I, I got rid of. And it was supposed to be played with the band, but then I got rid of the bridge and I sent the sent an acoustic version to the guys and I uh, thought, what do you think? And then Sammy, Sammy, Sammy also knew my late wife. And we, we had some nights in New York in my apartment on the third street. We used to hang out and, all night and I had this, you know, this certain vibe and you know, we had this heavy, cool discussion, you know, conversations and about books and everything about art. And so Sammy sent it, it was Sammy's musical approach to have it like without the band. It was just that kind of Spanish vibe and the, the whole sort of, uh, haunting atmosphere that he has. To, you know, he made. He sent me the music. He did made a demo of the music like that. And I said, "That's it. This is the last song of the album. Perfectly, perfect finisher for the album." So, uh, so then that's how it came together. And uh, obviously, it's heartfelt. And uh, it's a perfect ending. It and, is right. And great, as I, it's good. Great it's final good. track. Yeah, it's good that um, to hear that you. Are, are you know you get personal with your with your your lyrics it's not always uh this you know message about just you know dancing and partying and you know tearing up the town and painting it red and blah 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 that yeah you're okay. actually getting you're going deep and uh i think that that's Absolutely. yeah that's it's important for even someone like yourself I, who's climbing the lighting trusses and throwing shit and doing backflips and playing every instrument on the stage and being a maniac and just, and all of a right. sudden you have a song like that. Yeah, I it's think from the that, heart. That, yep, yeah. yep. 
Yep. Well, it's a great song, and I and I think the fact that you put it at the end of the album makes it uh, may, maybe adds a little more drama to it because it's just uh, it's a it's a fitting closer, and you could tell it's kind of it, it it came from a special heartfelt place. So absolutely right. And then when I looked at the whole track listing after I'd done, like I was like, okay, there's eleven songs, and then I realized the first song is called Murder, the Summer of Love. Second to last song is called I Live Too Fast to Die Young, and then Dealer Departed. In the end, I was like, okay, it's a sign that it's, it's like a beginning of the, uh, I mean, a death theme that appeared all of a sudden, not, not in a negative way, you know, it's like murder in the summer of love, it's about killing an ideal, live too fast to die young, reinventing an old cliche. It was still in a positive way, but this death death theme appeared at the beginning and the end, I thought, okay, now it's a, now the track listing is in place. And speaking of instruments, I must say, the nose flute, you ever seen this thing, this plastic thing, and you blow no. your nose, and <laughs> and every song, every every album has a little bit of nose flute there, one way or the other. And and this album is still departed when this the music, musical bit in, bit in the middle. That's that. In the background, you can hear this. You know, that's the nose flute. Wow, <laughs> that's Look crazy. That. That's uh, that's that's got to be a first on the Talk Louder podcast. I don't think we've ever had the nose flute, <laughs> the on nose flute solo. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I've never had yeah. a nose flute solo in my life. So yeah. it's my first nose flute. There you solo. go. That's yeah, crazy looking. Yeah, I gave yeah. one to Alex Cooper too. I, I actually oh. brought turned Alex onto some some harmonicas. Got these uh, Suzuki harmonicas that I get from Japan, you know. And uh, I, I, I gave him a harp to try out, and he he loved it. He was like, "Wow, it sounds much clearer and much louder than the one he was using before." So I was happy to be able to give something back to Alice. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got a lot to cover here in a short amount of time, so I'm going to jump around a little bit. I wanted to ask you, finally, we're going to get the Demolition 23 album re-released. Oh, my God. Like, one of the greatest albums ever, but you can't find it if your life depended on it. So the last time we talked, uh, you told me that it was uh, you were waiting on little Steven to make a move, basically. So I, yeah. I assume he's made that move. How... How is it coming about, and when are we going to get that record in our hands? Well, it's already uh, it's already been remastered. I was there, and it's sounding better than before. Even it's just got more drums and it's more beef to it. And um, uh, it's coming out on vinyl and CD and and digital, all the forms, and most importantly, physical product. I mean, it was never out in, on vinyl before, so uh, that's coming out in, uh, in uh, no in October this year. Okay. Nice. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, we did the, really the artwork too. Rich Jones, who does our artwork too. Rich, yeah. Rich Jones did the artwork, and I dug out some old pictures and everything. And it's, it's going to be a great package and everything. So I know, cool. I know, I I speak for many, many, many people when I say it is so good to know that that album is going to get a second life that it deserves. Yes. Yeah. Also, the three bonus tracks, the three demos that we made before we went to the studio, we recorded. Uh, Hammersmith Palais, Dysfunctional, and uh, Scum Lives On. There was demos that, that were done, recorded at the Baby Monster in, on 14th Street before we recorded the album. Uh, so those are included in the end. I'm the glad album. that you mentioned Scum Lives On because there's a great line in that song. Now, we, people are very aware of your friendship with Steve Baders, but you, you, you were friends with a lot of the people who unfortunately are no longer with us. Uh, there's a line in Scum Lives On that says, Bon Scott was a problem child. Yeah, uh -huh. I love that lyric. Um, so tell me, how close were you to Bon Scott? And did, I never you... met Bon Scott. No, I went, 
for my time, I was, unfortunately, I never got to meet him. He was, he passed away in 1980, it was 1980. Yeah. So we were just starting out then, never got to yeah. meet him. Well, he was obviously an influence on Big you. influence, yeah, he was yeah. a true rocker. He showed the rest of us how to do it. Yeah, yeah. he had a, his attitude and his hotel motel poetry. It was as simple as, as that and his amazing voice. And uh, his attitude was just, he was just the greatest. I mean, he, he was a true rocker. To me, he was like, he represented what a rocker is. And he had tattoos. Like, apparently he was in a bar fight and it was like somebody knocked him on the shoulder and knocked the guy out and it was a cop. So he had to, he did some time, I think like the half a year or a year and he got mm -hmm. the tattoos in jail. But uh, you know, that's why I got tattoos. I think a rocker should have tattoos, except I didn't want to have more than three. You know, if I had one here, I didn't want to look like a sailor. So I, I just had these three. But then if I'd known how many people have tattoos nowadays, I probably wouldn't have had any. Yeah. They're all covered up and everything. You know, it's like you can't find one from the other because they're all covered up. So, as, I, well, as I pulled I down my sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, it, yeah, seeing, seeing Bond with tattoos was, was interesting to me uh, younger because, you know, you think about prisoners having tattoos and pirates and not – well, yeah. Bond, Bond was a rock and roll pirate for sure. He yeah, almost like sang well. like a rock and roll pirate. He even had the parrot. With, so this in my mind, this sort of cartoon of that whole thing uh, was yeah. part of uh, part of the charm that I believe that he had and how dangerous uh, he yeah. could seem. But he was smiling and very inviting at the same time, stylistically. Exactly. Good uh, yeah. analysis. And that's what rock and roll has always been about, being an individual outside the law and outside society. You know, yeah. Bond bon, bon was the lightning bolt. Yeah, between the AC. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's he he wasn't the AC or the DC. He was the, yeah, there, there's Angus. There's Angus. I, I can't yeah. show I you. I, I've got Bond right here, but you just can't see Wow, how cool. Yeah, he was. Let's talk about... I'm sorry. Uh, let, let, let's talk about um, the re-release of uh, Oriental Beat as well. Henry yeah. Rock's second album. Yeah. The longest and slowest project I've ever, ever been involved in. <laughs> now, finally, 40 years later, <laughs> it's coming out as it was supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, the producer was completely wrong for the album, and we we did. The, we were young, and we didn't know much. We didn't know better, and we actually had some. We recorded the album in London and, and we, we had some rough mixes that sounded okay. So we knew it was recorded okay. Um, we had no idea that it was going to be mixed as bad as it was. And we got we got to hear the mix when it was already printed on the vinyl. No. We were some, we were on tour in some hotel and our manager brought a turntable there and played, played the record. I was like, whoa, sounds kind of hollow and empty. And well, well I guess it can't help it anymore. If, I, if I'd known what I know now, of course, we would have gone back and remixed it. But uh, we just figured, okay, I guess we'll go along with it. And it's a shame because it had a lot of great songs and yeah. probably delayed our career, set us back for a year or two maybe because of the yeah. sound of that record was so bad. Could be, I think it, you know, probably had a, must have, you know, affected that too. And it was a great, a lot of great songs. So when Guns N' Roses released our back catalog in, in, in America in uh, 1990, 91 or 92, uh, we wanted to remix the album, and then we found out from the Finnish label who had the original masters that they had sent the, the original masters uh, to Germany to some producer, uh, some somebody to mix, and then they were lost. And I couldn't believe they had not made a safety copy, and it was hard to believe. But the head of the label, uh, apparently he thought that this was the case, and 
So we figured, oh God, we can't, we can't even get to remix it ever. But then a couple of years ago, I, I got a tip from somebody who had been at the Universal Music uh, Warehouse and uh, who, Universal and they own, own all that Hanoi stuff nowadays. So they had seen some uh, multi-track tapes by Hanoi. And I, so I, I called the head of the label and I said, can, I, can you have someone go down to the warehouse and take, take a photo of these tapes? And if, if, there's, if one of them says Advision Studios, London, and those are the uh, Oriental Beat tapes, and they were. So I was like, all oh, right, so now we get to remix it. Oh, so we started, yeah. So we started God. doing that. Yeah. 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 That, That's God. special. 40 years yeah. is it's going to be worth the wait. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be, yeah. So it's for the 40th, 40th anniversary, 20th century edition, the real mix. Yeah. The real, story, the real mix. You so it's coming out in uh, November. Uh, yeah. So we can look for we can look for Oriental Beat and Demolition Twenty Three before the end of the year, as well yeah. as uh, the new album. Absolutely, um, that's you right. Mentioned, you mentioned Guns and Roses, and the last time that you and I talked, uh, you, you said that it was very difficult to tour the United States uh, financially. It just didn't make a lot of sense unless you could open like an arena tour for a big big band. And yeah. I mean, Guns N' Roses is as big as they get and they're friends of yours. And, you know, there's other bands like Aerosmith and the, the Foo Fighters, I guess, are on hold, unfortunately, now. Um, uh, the Alice Cooper. So you've got some friends and some really big headliner status bands. Um, why hasn't Guns N' Roses taken you on a, a North American tour? I don't know. You have to ask them that. Should uh, I make some phone calls for you or what? <laughs> Yeah. Whatever you want to do, but uh, I mean, we just opened for them in London now. Yes. And yeah, was, I was uh, gonna, I was gonna bring that up. That the the bill, if I'm Gary Clark Jr. was on the bill, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's been yeah. touring with them for quite a long time. Now. Okay, yeah, I uh, he's from where we are. He's from Austin, Texas. Ah. He's from he's from here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he, I believe that he befriended Slash and the Guns guys when he played a show uh the big uh what's it called dave acl austin yeah. city limits festival and guns and roses yeah. played in a giant park downtown and uh he was on the bill with them so i'm and that was years ago now so i would imagine that that's what that was and you were on before gary is that right yeah we were on before okay. him yeah i saw i saw some footage and some uh some photographs from that and it and it looks like people showed up early to see Michael Monroe. Yeah, we had a nice amount of people there. But the thing was, uh, the first, we, we were supposed to do the first and the second, uh, like the Friday and the Saturday. So on Friday, I don't know why, we still never got a, a clear explanation why, but the doors didn't open. Uh, they were supposed to open the doors at 3.30 and uh, our show was 4.30, from 4.30 to 5. And then Gary Clark Jr. was on at 5.30. So on Friday, the doors didn't open until like 5.15 or something. And we were told we were ready to go like 4.30. And then they said, okay, we'll just wait until, uh, you know, they didn't want, they, they said they're not going to let us play to an empty stadium. I says, I don't mind playing to these security people here. <laughs> but then uh, <laughs> then uh, it, the time went on and it was like 5 to 5. We were told, okay, your slots just went by. You're not going to play. So we missed that uh, show on the first uh, day. And uh, then the, the doors opened like, quarter past five or 20 past five, the people started pouring in. And then uh, Gary Clark Jr. was also wondering if they're going to play, but then they ended up playing their show that day, that night. So, uh, but the next day it was, it, it went well, you know, we, the doors opened on time and we got to play and we did, uh, we, 
it, it, even uh, we worked harder than just to make up for the yeah, day yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. It, so, like, it was like, oh, the greatest show we ever almost did on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, we but, haven't uh, seen you in the... We haven't seen you in the States. At least I haven't seen you since South by Southwest. I think it was uh, 2010. And you oh. played in a small club, did a daytime show, and Cheetah Chrome came out and played with oh, you. Yeah. And it was one Lusty, of the best Lusty shows. Spurs. Yeah, was yeah. it Lusty Spurs or something? Lusty, it that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A place that I never go to because it's it's usually, a I, I think by day or by night, it's a gay cowboy bar. So it was not really? the kind of place. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so, so I, rock and I, roll you, to you me. Know what's gonna, you, know what's, you know what's going to drag me into a gay cowboy bar? Michael Monroe. That's so, so <laughs> rock and roll, man. And he was, it was, it. It, that was one of the best shows I've ever seen. So real quick, I know we got to let you go. Uh, so chances are we're not going to see you in the States anytime soon, unfortunately. Well, we played there after that, but uh, mainly, you know, uh, New York, L.A. And, uh, and, and some Midwest gigs. Uh, yeah, last you, time we played. Uh, and you've it, done uh, Monsters of Rock Cruise. Couple yeah. times, yeah. yeah. I, you know, that's going to happen next year. I've, st I've stood, gonna... I've stood behind you in the buffet line. Okay, on the cruise. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 One, one last thing, and then we'll, we got to let Michael go. But I wanted to ask, um, you've got a documentary that was well underway. I mean, there was actually a trailer out for it, and from what I understand, um, that that project is is no longer happening, and you've you've you're now shifting and you've got a new team in charge of your documentary. What's the status yeah. on your documentary and yeah, your book, was, uh, by the way? It was, what, sorry? And your book. Uh, I want to know about the documentary and then the book real book, quick. Yeah, the book is in the process of being translated. Right now I'm uh, on somebody who's, uh, yeah, that, that's that's in the works. That's, I've been working on that for, for a few years, but now it looks like it's, it's uh, finally going to happen. But uh, the documentary I started with somebody else, and uh, that was never finished. And uh, I I finished uh, I, my collaboration with that person in like 2019. And then I met this uh, other guy who's really who's really got a great vision. And uh, you know, you only make a documentary like that once in your lifetime. So we've been working on that for two years now. And he was actually with me. The, the crew was with me in Milan. We had a cool, we had a great clip with Alice Cooper in the hotel. We, me and Alice talking in the, at the hotel. I let him talk mostly and talking about state of rock and roll. And he's telling all these cool stories about, you know, the early days in Detroit with uh, uh, Iggy Pop, Iggy and the Stooges and uh, MC5 and Alice on the same bill and, and uh, Ted Nugent and, and Jimi Hendrix. Uh, was, I mean, Jimmy was the one who suggested that Shep Gordon started managing them. And, and uh, he was, uh, uh, it was so amazing to hear all this cool stuff and we have like it's really this documentary is going to be more digging into my personality more as a getting deeper in as opposed to like listing all my achievements and stuff and it's, it's uh, you know this guy Pete Eklund he's got a really good vision so that that's going to be finished by uh, uh, coming out in 2023 I don't know the exact month or day but uh, it will be coming out next year for sure and it's going to be really really uh Good looking to uh, who I am. I'm, looking, I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Really fantastic. So, uh, All right, Michael, I know we got to let you go. We've hit our limit here. We could talk to you for a month, but I know you've got better things to do. Congratulations on another great record. We'll look forward to your to uh, Demolition 23, the re-release of Oriental Beat. Uh, yes, we'll look forward I hope we get to you in America before too long. And, uh, yes, and I hope to see you in America real soon. 
Yeah, Thanks so much it. for your time, Michael. I appreciate it. On behalf of my co-host, Jason McMaster, I'm Metal Dave, along with our very special guest, rock royalty, Mr. Michael Monroe, today on the Talk Louder podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. We appreciate you. 